Today's episode is brought to you by Stream by AlphaSense, an expert interview transcript library that integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Start your free trial at www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G.co slash PMC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. Thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. Do me a quick favor. If you like what you hear at Planet Microcap, please take two seconds and give us five stars on Spotify or Apple. This helps with the search engines so that more folks can also discover and engage with all things microcap stocks. We are now three weeks away from the start of our upcoming investor conference, the Planet Microcap Showcase taking place in Las Vegas at the Horseshoe Hotel and Casino, formerly Bally's, on April 25 through 27, 2023. We're about to open up the one-on-one meetings platform this week. So now's the time to go in and register if you're looking to attend. We have our full agenda up there, as well as who's going to be doing our keynotes, presenting company lists, networking events, all, all that good stuff. So if you do want to join us in Las Vegas, please visit www.planetmicrocapshowcase.com and click that register button. See you in Vegas. My guest on the show today is Chris Tesson, managing partner and CIO of Acuitas Investments. As the title states, Acuitas is the largest allocator to microcap managers in the world. Their microcap strategy pursues its investment objective using a multi-manager process by allocating assets among one or more high-confidence managers that invest in inefficient segments of the equity markets. I wanted to learn more about their microcap fund-to-fund strategy and their experience working with microcap managers. I've had a number of conversations with microcap fund managers in recent months, and in addition to the rough performance amongst microcap stocks, redemptions and lack of inflows have also been a cause for concern. And what's worse, everyone and their grandparents agree with this, Almost every quality microcap and small cap have taken haircuts across the board. So now is one of the best times to deep dive on names trading at much cheaper prices. Managers need inflows in order to participate in this. And this is where allocators like Acuitas enter the conversation. Chris will be doing a keynote presentation in Las Vegas on Wednesday, April 26, 2023. If you're a portfolio manager, investor, family office, he and his partner, Doug Porter, want to meet you. Hear what Chris and I discuss, and then join us all in person in Vegas for the opportunity to network and meet with an allocator where at other conferences, they might charge up to $5,000 to meet with folks like Chris and Doug. Our event is complimentary to all buy side. Please go to planetmicrocapshowcase.com and click the register button. With that, thank you again for tuning in to the Planet Microcap podcast, and please enjoy my conversation with Chris Tesson. Chris, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks. I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for having me. 
It's great to have you. And before we dig right in and get started, you know, we're extremely excited to welcome Chris uh, as our keynote uh, speaker at our upcoming conference, Planet Microcap Showcase Vegas, happening April 25 through 27. So if you haven't registered, go ahead and do so. I think after you hear our conversation today, you'll definitely want to learn more and have a chance to meet Chris and the team uh, from Acuitas down in Vegas. That's at planetmicrocapshowcase.com. Enough of the shameless plugging. Chris, you know, this is your first time on the pod. Um, and it's been an interesting year in speaking with many buy side managers, talking about, you know, issues with capital inflows and, you know, looking at some interesting ideas, but it's just, you know, it's been a bit of a risk-off environment in in many respects. And that that constrains some smaller portfolio managers at this point. And the reason I, I wanted to invite you to do a keynote in Vegas is to talk about being a microcap fund of funds and potentially being that source of capital for some of these smaller funds to deploy into some of these ideas they find interesting. So, you know, let, let, let's actually start there. Tell us about, tell us a little bit more about the strategy, why you wanted to do it like this, and, and then we'll get into your background and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think what drew us to uh, microcap is just the active opportunity. You know, it's, it's a really rich, I mean, just not just the sort of total return perspective, um, which we can talk more about later. But um, and first of all, let me say I appreciate all the work you're doing. Uh, there aren't a lot of people out there consistently talking about microcap. Um, we've been out there doing, you know, sort of the missionary work um, in the institutional space uh, and in the and in the retail space with the with the mutual fund. But um, yeah, microcap it's it it's not as commonly in the conversation when it comes to you know, the standard style boxes, the standard allocations, um, like you said, uh, you know, last year, and um, it's been a hard slog. Um, you know, small and micro cap allocations have been under pressure because, frankly, larger has won, and that's been a longer term thing. Uh, not necessarily historically the case, but these things cycle. So we've seen managers, we've seen small fund managers go out of business in the last few years during the pandemic and post pandemic, uh, especially ones that, you know, perhaps were value tilted during the uh, um, the growth, you know, environment that we had where, uh, you know, large cap and FANG stocks sort of led the market. Um, and we've seen some managers really excel and, and gather assets uh, from large institutions. Um, we are uh, an investment manager, so we don't do any consulting. Um, we're just doing manager research and evaluating investment managers for purposes of investing, that's it. So I think it's it's sort of unique in the industry. And I think we've kind of become the largest uh, allocator to microcap managers um, of the you know multi-managers that are out there. Now that's a pretty small subset in the world, uh, but at the same time, something we're, we're really proud of. We've seen a quite an evolution in microcap uh, just from an acceptance perspective and also from the uh, from the perspective of the talent pool that's out there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you were getting everything going with Acuitas, why, why did you decide that you wanted to do this multi-manager construct versus, just, and I think you do have an aspect that does do some, you know, you have your individual portfolio, you pick stocks, stuff like that. But this multi-manager construct is really fascinating to me, especially for microcaps, because it's something that is so desperately needed, not just in, you know, tough times right now, but even in good times, you know, it's still microcap is still the last one to, you know, even when things are starting on the way up. So love to hear more there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it came from our time at, you know, we have kind of a common heritage here and that a number of the people worked at my business partner, Dennis Jensen, and my uh, um, colleague, 
PM and analyst, uh, Doug Porter, both worked with me at Russell Investments. And so um, from our time at Russell, Russell really evolved from a pension consultant, um, kind of, you know, launching the pension consulting space many decades ago to running money and evaluating investment managers and placing allocations with those investment managers in a multi-manager construct. So that was their purview. And I had done a few things before on the direct investment side and on the sell side, but Russell is really where I learned um, deep manager, fundamental manager research. And my view was it could be applied most efficiently down the cap spectrum, right? The least efficient corners of the equity markets. Those are the places most ripe for multi-manager. Um, and microcap was really the flagship in that regard. That was our first product when we launched Acuitous. That was where we felt there was appetite. We saw large plans like, you know, state of Alaska, state of Michigan, making direct allocations to microcap managers. These were big institutional asset managers making, you know, multi hundreds of millions of dollars um, in allocations. So there was opportunity there. And it was early. You know, the if you looked at the universe of, uh, of investment managers, in, in a like an investment or something like that. There were like 12 managers that populated the database. Um, didn't mean there were only 12 in existence. It just meant that, you know, those are the folks that were filling in the blanks. Uh, now there are many multiples of that. And even more, it's incumbent on us to find, but even more out there um, uh, that are buying uh, these microcap stocks. So I think the opportunity was, my purview at Russell was, um, small and, you know, sort of small cap and SMID all the way down to micro cap. And I had money with micro cap managers and it was really the best source of excess return um, among the products that I ran. And we thought that that could scale. We thought that that would be interesting at a standalone organization. A multi-manager was really compelling because it's an efficiency for large plans that don't want to invest with a bunch of little managers and don't really have the capacity to do the research on what could be a smaller allocation for them. Um, so that was really kind of the genesis of it. And, and um, that was, uh, you know, we launched 1111, uh, which is now about just over 12 years ago. Um, and uh, really pleased with where we've come from there. For sure. And look, I don't want to give too much away because you're going to be doing a keynote in a couple of weeks anyway, you know, in yeah. terms of criteria. Make sure and all I that keep some surprises. Yeah, yeah, why not? But yeah. but I mean, I'm sh- but I'd love to hear your criteria when you're evaluating potential managers for allocation. Yeah, it's really a fundamental research process, um, involves a lot of discussion. Um, and again, we don't, we're only invested from, uh, you know, we only do multi-manager investment manager research and investment in those managers. So um, when we we do both outreach and accept, you know, folks that come to us um, now, I think we have enough of a reputation in the industry where like the pension consultants will, if somebody comes to them who is a microcap manager, they will ask, you know, have you spoken to Acuitous? We, we love that synergy because we want to speak to everybody. We want to know everyone out there. You know, you never know everyone, uh, but we try to, and we try to keep an open door about it um, and not have sort of these um, constraints that can cost you from an investment perspective. In other words, you don't have to be around five years. You don't have to have 500 million in assets. You don't have to have all these sorts of things that get in the way when it comes to getting institutional allocations sometimes. Um, we want to know people early because we think those early days are the uh, can be the richest part of the life cycle from a return perspective. 
So, I mean, the things we look for uh, are all the things you think of. A lot of it comes down to process and philosophy. A lot of it comes down to the passion that the investment manager exhibits. We spend a lot of time on the portfolio. Um, you know, there's sort of, we've done presentations over the years, the old four P's and the new four P's. And, um, but, uh, in, in many ways it hasn't changed. We once had a consultant ask us, sort of, how, how do you get to know a manager in like the first, you know, just an hour sit down and we're like an hour sit down. That's, you know, that's, that's a handshake. <laughs> that's like, that's the intro. Uh, you know, the first hour is the get to know the process, but, um, that just scratches the surface. We we need to have every stock in the portfolio. We need to have historical attribution. We need to dive into the process to see if there are characteristics of the process where there might be, you know, more of a risk than others. Every subset of uh, manager's sort of sub-style has its own characteristics that a manager needs to win. Very high growth, high momentum, high turnover manager requires a different set of characteristics to win and outperform the market than a very deep value manager, you know? Um, if the super high turnover manager tells you, you know, we write 50 pages on every stock, well, the, you're probably missing <laughs> a lot of the stocks that would fall into your purview just from a timing perspective. If the super deep value manager gets comfortable with a name in a half a day, well, then they're probably not doing the required research on that deep value name, which may be cheap for a reason. Absolutely. So my, ne my next question, and please tell me to screw off if uh, you're not even really allowed to answer this one, but yeah. if you if you can, I mean, what's the typical allocation size? Or I mean, I'm sure it's all dependent to, on the manager and you might, you know, add more or, or take out or have some redemptions, but what, what's the typical allocation size per manager? Yeah, well, it varies. Um, we currently run a little over 800 million in micro cap and um, we have... There are managers where we have over a hundred million dollars. Um, there are managers where we have, you know, closer to a million dollars or a starter a position in a small allocation. What we do is we generally create separate accounts for our end clients. So for example, you're a, uh, you know, a corporate pension or something and, uh, and you are interested in, um, you know, um, in a higher return focus for your small cap portfolio, for your equity portfolio, really. And you, you think about incorporating microcap as part of kind of your small cap allocation. Um, the, the size of it depends on kind of how you think of it. Some people, it's half their small cap allocation. Uh, for some folks, they view it as a market cap weight, and it's much smaller than that, um, a couple percent of the overall universe. Um, but that said, with the size and scale of some of these pensions, they can be large. You know, we've seen pensions... Uh, make or look to make allocations, you know, from the single millions to, you know, $700 million to areas like microcap. Um, so the dollars are out there um, and there's nothing that's totally typical for us. It's really dependent on the client because we'll build a custom portfolio of investment managers for that client in many cases. Um, uh, there's also a commingled product in our mutual fund, which is a stable of managers um, that individuals can invest in, but the, but really, um, you know, there's, there's no standard. Um, but as we grow, you know, our ability to make allocations grow. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's interesting. Cause like, obviously, you know, I'm, you know, marketing our events, you're going to be mm -hmm. there. I'm being super annoying to everybody. <laughs> and, you know, 
it's interesting. Some portfolio are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to meet them and have a conversation, shake hands, meet Chris, meet Doug, meet the team. You know, and then I have other fund managers like, you know, uh, we're we're closed up right now. The fund's closed. And like, how, how do you answer those questions? Because maybe it's a manager that you're like, oh, I really want to work with you. But you're telling me it's closed. Like, really? OK. I mean, yeah. how, how do you have that conversation? Yeah. And, you know, implementation and capacity is really important down in microcap. And if anything, one thing that we've done that I think is unique to Acuitas, uh, we're sort of capacity junkies, right? We like to... Um, look at uh, how much money a manager invests because assets matter and assets can impede performance. And you know that from everyone you've talked to, but um, it's important to sort of invest early and we make it more of a priority to be early in in the life cycle of a microcap product. So we're often the seed assets for a microcap product. We might talk to a small cap manager that's 20 years in the business and has a great track record and um, uh, and an exceptional process. And we might find from uh, the attribution work that 80% of their alpha uh, has come from the smallest stocks, what are effectively microcap stocks, right? No big surprise. This is where the, the returns are. Um, and ask them to run a concentrated microcap product for us. Um, so not only are we out there trying to meet the folks that are managing microcap, um, but we're also talking to folks that are managing dollars in microcap stocks and having them sometimes customize for us a product. And I think 90% of the products that we've allocated to, we've been the seed assets for that product. Um, and, and that's been core to, I think, generating our returns um, and uh, and sort of the progress of Acuitas. But as it grows, you know, if we don't want to be the last dollars. I guess to answer your question, we don't want to be the, the last marginal dollar, right? We, of course. Uh, yeah. If it's closed, it's closed. You know, good luck. If it's close to closed, you know, go off and best of luck to you and we'll support you and try to be a good part of the ecosystem. But um, but really we're interested in the early days because from an implementation perspective, managers have a real benefit. Hey Chris, I gotta ask a dumb question. It's like my favorite thing to do. You've listened to a few shows. You know, I like to ask a couple yeah. dumb questions every once in a while. Yeah. You know, right. like I mean, within, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, like I said, I might be just ignorant of this, but, you know, in doing my research and wanting to find, you know, someone like an acuitous to speak in vague, like I'd never heard of acuitous before, you know, yeah. what, what, you know, I mean, great. We're getting started here with some of the Martin, you know, taught me and you were talking and you're going to do the presentation in Vegas, but what's, what, what's been, how do you typically market what you do and why don't more microcap portfolio managers know about you guys? Yeah. Um, well, it's, I think there's, there's some, uh, balance of it, the profile of, of managers that know about us. Um, if they are kind of focused on the institutional space, um, as opposed to perhaps a little more retail focus, um, like, you know, it's, it's less common for a microcap strategy that's perhaps incubated within an RIA, or a wealth management firm or some, you know, an individual who's done it, but perhaps hasn't managed money before. Um, those folks are buying microcap stocks and they may be doing it incredibly well. And, you know, we want to know them and understand um, uh, the prospects for them. But what's more likely for us is, you know, folks that have managed money in the institutional space that are in um, the databases are the easiest to find. But of course we, we kind of pride ourselves on going far beyond that. Um, 
And often they come to us because they've gone to the major pension consultants um, who are often sort of a gatekeeper for institutional assets, you know, public and uh, um, and corporate plan sponsors, that sort of thing. And, um, and they, and then the, the, the pension consultants have sort of said, you know, have you spoken to Acuitas? That's, that's one way that we get managers. One other way if we find managers is to, you know, we may back into the stocks that they own, see who the holders are. As far as Acute is getting visibility, I think we've built up a, a, a great brand by um, just being, you know, vocal with that pension consulting community, with large plan sponsors. Um, we have not made a big splash uh, on the retail side. We haven't really pushed super hard. We do have a, a mutual fund, which I think is a great and really efficient uh, vehicle, but um that's one of the reasons, you know, you're not going to historically, you might read about us, you know, quotes in the journal and things like that, but we're not probably not in money magazine because we're not out there doing press. It really, the focus of the firm since inception had been on managing the money. My partner, Dennis Jensen and I, uh, who launched the firm, um, really did it with a focus. We were doing the marketing, we were doing the investing. Um, we were building the firm thoughtfully, we have some really great blue chip clients. Some of them are, you know, among the 10 largest pensions in America, but, um, uh, but we weren't really going for kind of a retail presence. And so that may be why, you know, our brand isn't uh, um, as widely known in just the, in the broader community. Oh no. And that's totally fair. And, and I, I figured I'd ask because like, I had a, I was like, I, I couldn't believe, you know, some of the folks that I know. <laughs> Our paths haven't crossed yet. Yeah. I was like, what, how do you not like at least know who they are? And like, but that makes, yeah. that makes sense, you know, like, cause there's a lot of, especially on the micro cap side, you know, it can probably, and I'm, and I apologize for any fund managers hearing this. I'm not meaning to offend, but it sometimes could be a little bit intimidating speaking with more on the institutional, you know, uh, capital allocators versus some retail where like, you know, not saying you can bamboozle them by any means, but it's a bit easier. Like, Hey, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Like, talk, like go to an institution, like you said, an hour is just a handshake, you know, versus some of the, you know, versus maybe talking to some other, you know, individual retail investors that just want to invest in your fund that, you know, maybe the hurdles are right. a little bit lower. Like you're not, you're not throwing a hundred thousand, 500,000, you're, you're starting a million. Right. So that's a much bigger hurdle and difference than some, you know, individual investors that are going in that are accredited, of course, that are going into some of these funds. You know, so, I mean, from your perspective, when you're dealing with portfolio managers that are looking to that are, are doing their thing in microcap, I'd say the number one thing that, you know, a lot of them run into is, you know, now balancing their their uh, passion, which is investing and the business. You know, for you, what in your experience in working with certain portfolio managers, who do you what what does the most successful type of balance really look like to you? Yeah, balancing the business and uh, um, and the investment side is an interesting one. I mean, we find a lot of great investors that can't market their way out of a paper bag. You know, we found oh. a lot. Of, you know, I'm sure you've met some of them. Oh uh, yeah, really, really incredibly great investors, though. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we don't want them to necessarily be out there, you know, marketing day to day for us. When we allocate to an investment manager, we want them, you know, picking stocks and generating returns for our clients. Um, and uh, but you have to balance the, the need to grow and and uh, and have a, you know, a viable firm, 
especially if it's just investments that you're doing, if you don't have a wealth management side, if you don't have a larger firm or you're just a part of it. The interesting thing is in microcap, the larger firms, in some ways that's a risk for us. And it's also um, an interesting one in that they typically don't make the investment into a microcap product. So if you if you look at kind of your, you know, um, largest investment managers in America, they tend not to have microcap products, right? Because the products don't scale. They sort of ask themselves, what could we run in it? You know, a typical microcap manager might say we could run 500 million. That might be too much for us. Our, our capacity work might say it's much lower. Um, a, lar- a very large firm could say, why would I even have a product if I can't run a billion dollars or $2 billion in, in it? Um, so they don't do it or they pass it off to a junior analyst who's not as experienced. Uh, we only want great investors that are focused on this area of the market where we think they can make the most impact. So it's an interesting balance. And we've seen pressure on small cap managers because small cap you know, hasn't won. Um, it's gone through a dry period. And uh, we think there are a lot of points, uh, things pointing to that ending. But suffice to say, we've seen, you know, small cap and micro cap managers go out of business um, in the last few years. It's an interesting balance because they need to grow, they need to market, need to gather assets for their product. And sometimes, you know, performance is not enough. Um, there are, uh, they may not, you know, gather the assets that they need to sustain the business. Um, or they may aim for very high fee business, but that's not what the institutional space is willing to pay. Um, that's and maybe the and more family office and RAs are willing to uh, um, to look at those products, but hard to scale. So it's an interesting balance. You know, for us, we we you find more folks in microcap that are part of a small cap boutique that often have a, a small cap like Russell 2000 kind of product. Um, and that can sort of pay the bills for them. And um, and that while the microcap product scales, that's probably the most common. Um, there so is a true. risk. Yeah. And, so and true. for individuals that are just running a microcap product, um, they may have, you know, other pieces of business that help them, you know, support their efforts. Like they're part of an RIA, they're part of a family office. They're just, they're trading their own account, whatever, um, whatever it is. But from an institutional perspective, these are things we have to balance. You know, there's a real, and, and I think it's kind of, there's a benefit to our model in that we're doing the deep research on the firm and on the investment manager. A lot of work goes into the compliance and ops section, which that could be a whole separate discussion. But, you know, there's a 15, 20 page document we have on every manager that we invest with just for compliance and ops. Um, because, you know, the investment side is great. That could be, you know, a dozen meetings to get comfortable with with the manager. Um, but we'll never go forward unless they have the sort of compliance and ops capabilities necessary for institutional allocations. Well, you know, what's interesting. And, and listen, I say this without trying to blow too much smoke, you know, up, uh, up, you know, what, uh, but, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, Acutus seems like kind of the ideal partner you'd want to work. I, again, I'm trying not to blow too much. <laughs> I like think but, so. Yeah, but, yeah. But here's, here's, here's from, from the following perspective, because you think about some retail. And, you know, obviously, like if they want to invest with you, that's great. But that's trying to establish the time horizons with them and understanding that, hey, especially in microcap, like 
you know, I, I, I know quite a few managers that probably listen to, you know, somewhere two years where they try, you know, looking for ideas that will, you know, uh, materialize within two years. Some are looking at ideas that ideally they're holding on for, you know, anywhere from five to sometimes 15 years, you yeah. know, and when you're dealing with retail, that, that is sometimes a really difficult, um, thing to convey. There are some that get it and will go along for the ride and and do that. But that, especially in this environment, is few and far between. Like from your perspective, you know the space well enough to know that like, all right, we, you know, we're getting married, you know, mm-hmm. we're for for a little right. bit. It, it ain't yeah. just, you know, most most often it's not just two years. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like severe underperformance. Yeah. Right. But but for the most part, you're looking at somebody that you want to invest with for five, 10, 15 years, you know, so I'd love to hear some more right. of your perspective on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're really looking to be investors, not traders, you know, especially yeah. when it comes to micro cap managers and allocation. So that means a lot of work on the front end. So that means, um, you know, and it starts with the idea generation of getting to know people and having an open door and being willing to, um, you know, dig deep and evaluate managers that are out there to find the great ones. Um and then when we've when we've gone through that and spent the time with the manager and we're ready to sort of bring them to our buy list or take them to investment committee, as it were, uh, you know, we have a, a bullpen of managers and th- they're, we're generally trying to get assets to those managers if we're winning new mandates or perhaps there's a replacement cycle or um, or something like that. Um, but we really try to be a good partner. We try to. Uh, and I think testament to that would be just asking the managers. We always say this to our prospects that we hope become clients that, you know, talk to the investment managers about the research that we do, ask them about the questions that we ask, ask them if we're a good partner, you know, all those things. Um, and they've been some of, of the best sort of resources for us. Um, we had one investment manager, it's all a quick story, New York based investment manager um, that we terminated. They were uh, growing up um, and uh, had, you know, larger asset base than we wanted. It was starting to impede performance. And um, we had the opportunity to move to another manager. It was sort of one of these typical, you know, buys, replace the sells. Um, but we'd been with him a number of years and, and known him for well over a decade um, and uh, had to call them to terminate them. Never a good, fun call to make. But basically then the phone call, he said, oh, by the way, if you ever need me to be a reference, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> this has never happened before. I've never terminated a manager and then had the manager say, hey, I'll be a reference for you anytime if you're ever looking to win business somewhere else. Um, and that's when I, I guess at least you feel like you've treated people well and you've been a good partner. You know, this has been a productive partnership. We're not impeding their business in any way. If, if anything, we support it. We're moving on for reasons that we stated when we very first made the investment. Um, and if you're consistent with that, I think people respect you for it. Hundred percent. So, you know, you you mentioned actually in one of your answers a, a couple questions ago, saying that you know you're starting to you you know obviously the last year has been just a year and change has just been kind of awful for mm-hmm. <laughs> micro and small caps. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh about it, but laugh to keep from crying, really. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but you did mention that you you feel like it, it's starting to turn a little bit. So, in your opinion, you know what what's what are you seeing that's making you think that? You know, one of the things we've been writing about for the last number of years was just the characteristics of leadership in the market. Uh, when we're looking at it from, there's a couple different ways of looking at it. There's a total return perspective of sort of like, you know, small and uh, and microcap has lagged large. Um, and and then there's the excess return environment, you know, sort of the active environment of 
how easy is it to beat the index or to outperform or to, um, and, you know, we're in microcap because we think it's the richest place for active management in the equity universe. And more people now agree with that in the world than they did 10 years ago. <laughs> so, that, so that's positive, positive progress for us. Um, or the, I'll start with the active environment where we're in a better environment for active. We're not in the fan growth led high, you know, large cap and growth led environment. Um, valuation has mattered more uh, and investment managers, active investment managers that prefer characteristics like lowers of levels of debt, higher uh, forecasted growth rates, um, cheaper on evaluation perspective, higher in quality ROE, ROA. Um, those characteristics have been rewarded in this environment. So interestingly, even this year where we saw this big swing where the micro was up 12% at one point, through I think February 3rd and then came all has you know come all the way back and is now negative. Yep. But even with those sorts of swings, it's been a good active environment. We're having one of our best active quarters ever. Um, as far as excess return to the indexes, part of it is because just if you look at the characteristics in aggregate, you know, some of the things that managers favor um and uh are being rewarded. So that's um, that's an interesting one. And we think that's going to continue. It, you know, we're not going to return to the negative earners leading the market to the, you know, feeling like it's 1999 all over again and companies trading at 25 times sales, all those sorts of things. The other side of it is there's always the who cares about microcap, you know, and this is, I guess, a perfect forum to talk about that. But small is, small is lagged, micro is lagged. Um, what turns that? You know, when you have sort of in the, this improving economy and um, then some of these small companies tend to do really well, but we've got to get to the other side of what is, you know, of this recession. You know, I had a, in our last quarterly commentary, um, a visual in there with Austin Powers, you know, uh, driving the, uh, um, the sort of slow moving, you know, road smoother <laughs> and uh yep, yep. and there, there's a guy standing in front of him 100 yards away yelling stop that was sort of the market you know in 2022 it was like it was reacting to this, the economic slowdown and sort of the greatest forecasted recession ever you know um now people are sort of looking so when are we going to get past that when are we at peak rates when does the recovery happen when that happens small and microcap stocks are likely to lead and do really well and they're a bit yep. of the tip of the whip. And I know, you know, managers and you understand this, but, but um, yeah, when there's a bit of a crisis, they'll fall farther and faster. But when there's a recovery, they're going to be more aggressive and win on the upside. And through all of that, you have a better environment for active. And that's the whole reason to be in it, you know? Yep. And yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I seriously agree with everything that you just said. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even have anything more to retort. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it, it happens I mean, time and again, right? Like every time there, you know, we have one of these recessionary environments, you can think back to 2009. I mean, that's made careers from folks yeah. that were extremely active during that time, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to pick timing and especially in micro caps because, you know, you can listen to every conference call or meet one-on-one -on -one with management and hear an interview with me or whatever. And, Company says they're going to be doing all these things and they end up not, you know, and you just pick the wrong one. But yeah, um, you know, but at the same time, there are those that just do deliver. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, it's interesting what um the active management environment. I mean, 
microcap has always been really interesting for us because um, we sort of view it like, you know, major league batting is minor league pitching. There are fewer institutional investors down in microcap. The folks that are really thoughtful and can dig through the stocks and find the next generation of winners um, are uh, have a real advantage because there's less sell side coverage. There's less, you know, uh, institutional involvement. More of the buyers that you're kind of competing against are individuals. They might be, you know, local folks or company insiders or whatever it is. Um, and when you get up into large cap, I mean, there are firms that just dedicate themselves on the sell side to specific large cap stocks, you know, one stock, just we cover this stock and that's it. And you're not probably not going to get the marginal piece of data and learn something from management uh, or have a, a deeper view. You can, you have a view and on, on timing and all those sorts of things. But when it comes to insight, you know, you visit a microcap company. When I was on the sell side, I covered some large cap household name uh, firms. And, you know, you ask generally the same question everybody else is thinking. When you're a microcap investor and you go on site to visit the factory uh, to a microcap firm, you're going to get the tour of the plant. You're going to get a mint at the end. You're going to get a real sense of the direction and the ability of management. Get a key to the city. You know. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, you're going to get a sense of, are they going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, to come through and execute the plan? Yep. That's what you're looking for. Are these folks going to be able to execute? Is management competent? Are they going to be able to execute? Um, and, uh, and you have better insight into that for a small company, especially single business line sort of thing. And then it's easy to get lost in the conglomerate. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I got to tell you that that I had to write down that uh, analogy you gave about you know it's major league hitters against minor league pitching. That is just that is that's that's just beautiful. I'm I might, I'm, I'm gonna put I might put that on my wall. So yeah. like, baseball is also happens to be my favorite sport too. So like you you got me. That was oh like, great. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know that. I should have done my research before. Oh man, come on now. Um, but a, another question I had for you today, you know. Um, Obviously, you've been doing this a long time. You talk with managers all the time. You know what? What have been some of the memorable lessons they've gotten from some of the great uh, investment minds they've spoken to and worked with over the years? Yeah, I mean, there there are quite a few things. I'm trying to think of. Uh, you know, process matters. Um, surrounding yourself with great people matters. Um, um, you know, ego eventually sort of impedes performance um, because it means they're probably not listening to the folks that they should listen to um, and and have less ability to be objective about investments, about firm, about uh, decisions they, they, you know, they make. Um, and there are, uh, you know, <laughs> there are lots of great things about th- that we've learned as well, you know, mistakes that we've made. Um, but about, you know, we've seen managers uh, overextend themselves. Um, we've seen uh, managers not build from within and recognize great employees um, when they when they are uh, growing in the roles and um, and uh, taking more responsibilities. We've seen, I mean, folks managing too much t- as far as an asset perspective is a big one. You know, it's really easy to keep the faucet on when assets are growing and think times are good. 
And it's also easy to be sort of full of hubris. <laughs> and uh, um, and we've seen that many times prior before the fall where returns are great. You know, they come out with the marketer who's got the great hair and the great handshake and they're making the grand tour of everything's exceptional. How could you not love this? Look at the numbers. Um, but there's more to it than that. You have to dig into the process. You have to dig into their ability to implement today forward because you don't get those returns historically. Somebody comes to you with great returns and says, I'm, I'm the microcap genius. Look at my numbers. Well, you don't get those numbers. All you get is today forward if you invest. So if they're managing, you know, a billion dollars in microcap stocks and they can't buy something below 500 million because they wouldn't be able to trade it in their portfolio. Well, guess what? Then you have to run the numbers and say, what does that 500 plus who will get me? You know, where are they fishing? Is it a rich pond? And are they a great fisherman? And, and that's kind of uh, what you've got to get it down to. So uh, that takes real work. And, you know, we've met some great investors over the years. Um, and sometimes they've been great investors at great firms. Sometimes they've been great investors at not great firms. And we have an opportunity with them later in their uh, in their career. Um, have, have any managers, like, let's say, you know, they, you know, you guys establish a relationship, you're not allocated with them. I mean, do some managers use the fact that Acuitas is, uh, has money allocated with them as almost like a validator? Oh, to, sure. Yeah, because that, that seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, we've had people follow us on investments, other large firms. Um and um and other firms that do manager research as well uh, and you know um we're open to when when we invest with an investment manager we don't limit them from telling others about our allocation uh there are firms that do that i don't think it benefits the uh the investment manager i don't think it benefits the ecosystem right there, there are ways it all comes around <laughs> and so um, we want to support the investment managers in their growth and their success. And um, when we've done the, we don't broadcast our investment manager names because obviously that's our intellectual property. Um, but that said, when we have an allocation with someone, they're free to let people know about it and uh, and market our presence. And in some cases that's been really helpful for them and, and uh, helped them grow the business and close the product. And, you know, we move on and they're gaining full fee business and it works out for everyone. It only makes sense. I mean, yeah. So another question for you, and we've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, a little history of microcaps and all that stuff. But yeah. I mean, for you, how have you seen from your perspective, how have you seen the space evolve over the last 20 years, you know, from you've seen it with, with investors, allocate the whole bit. So I'd love to hear your perspective there. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, I mean, we've seen a broader acceptance of microcap and institutional portfolios, right? It's never going to have its own little style box that's on, you know, small growth, value core, all those that uh, standard, but more people have thought about it. There have been more institutional pension consultants in the last few years that have written papers about, you know, why microcap or microcap is a proxy for private equity. If you go to our website, you can read our white papers about uh, the case for microcap, microcap is a proxy for private equity, microcap and in inflationary environments, I mean, on and on. But um, just broader acceptance of the space has been primary. And some of that came from, I feel sometimes like we've been the, you know, sort of the, like the Forrest Gump of microcap because, uh, you know, we were there when we haven't been around that long, but, uh, you know, 
but um but enough decades that when I've been on the direct investment side, but when I was at Russell, they were launching the uh, microcap index. And I think that was a tool for investment managers, just as their um, their uh, Russell 2000 index became a tool for small cap investors, you know, to have like sort of a proper bogey. Um, the microcap index became a tool for investors to, to sort of evaluate themselves by. And for institutions to say, okay, well, I can at least see what microcap is and have some understanding of market cap, size, number of names, all those sorts of characteristics, you know, throw out the garbage under, you know, there's no penny stocks, there's no stocks that don't trade, there's no pink sheets, there's no, there's a lot, you know, these are, you know, institutionally investable stocks. And, um, and then we saw the universe go from at that time when we did the research on the index, um, there were, like I said, maybe 12 folks and in uh, investment managers that populated the database. And now many multiples of that and more out there actually investing, as you know, many of the folks you've talked to, um, investing in microcap stocks, some of them exceptional. But it's uh, so this acceptance has really been part of the, you know, the positive evolution in microcap. We're continuing to see that. And so as, as we write about it and now it's you know, one of the current topics is, uh, you know, the public versus private. We've seen so much money go into private. Even today, there were some articles about large pension consultants saying we're not allocating additional money to private. There have been some upheaval in private with the banking crisis recently. Um, and uh, so for the folks that are staying into liquid, you know, uh, equity investments, that's very transparent that's highly liquid, um, like micro cap and small cap. It's a true alternative to private when private starts to get, um, you know, maybe not as compelling. That's for sure. Especially, especially in times like these, you know, uh, there's been a bit of a comeuppance in, in that respect. That's for sure. Wow. We've covered so much here today. I, I'm I, I like, I want to just keep talking, but at the same time, I want folks to, you know, have the chance to hear everything that you, you know, yeah. your full presentation in Vegas and stuff. So let, let's, let's close it out with some parting thoughts on it. Listen, you're going to be on here more than once. This isn't yeah. like a, the, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're at this point. So, you know, to close this out here today, you know, uh, in advance of Vegas, you know, what, what would you say is some of the parting thoughts that you'd like folks to better understand about you, about Acuitas and that may be reasons why they should come and meet you in Vegas, you know, at least, you know, that's where you, yeah. we know you're going to be there, right? So, you know. yeah, if you are an investor in microcap stocks, we'd like to know you and and understand what you do, even if it's just an initial introduction. Um, and uh, and and there might not, you know, there may be an opportunity to work together. There may not be. Um, some of that d- depends on the manager, the profile of the manager, our needs um, and those sorts of things. But uh, I really applaud anyone who does the research down the cap spectrum, buys these stocks and what I think is the richest corner of the equity markets um, for active management. Um, That is our sole purview. Acuitous as a firm only does small cap and below globally. That's it. We're the only multi-manager that has this purview. Uh, Everyone else who's sort of boutique multi-manager like us will do large cap, mid cap, all cap, you know, um, you name it. We just want to know investors in small and micro cap stocks. So, you know, interested in um, 
always understanding the universe. We think we offer a really compelling uh, investment for the end clients in the sense that they have an efficiency with us and that it's a single line item that invests into microcap that includes what we view are the brightest minds in microcap. Um, and we get there through deep fundamental, fundamental research. There are a lot of great things happening right now in microcap from the perspective of valuations are very cheap, much cheaper than in large and mid cap and sm even small. Um, there are a number of things pointing to a rebound for small cap versus large and, and micro cap will absolutely be the, the tip of the whip when it comes to that. We've seen it. We saw it in the first month and a half of this year. I think that's just a preview of what's likely to happen longer term as we step closer towards a market recovery. And that may have been accelerated by some of the recent events. So look forward to meeting uh, some of you and um, listeners in Las Vegas. Uh, really appreciate the work that you're doing on uh, your uh, uh, on the podcast with Microcap. You know, there are that many people focused on it, but um, we want to know them all. And it was great to sit down with you today. A hundred percent, Chris. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Where can, firstly, where can folks go and find more information on Acuitas? And and then I'll do my closeout. For sure. Um, yeah, you can go to acuitasinvestments.com, um, which will have contact information um, for us and information about our uh, our products and the investment folks. Um, and um, you'll get to meet Doug uh, at, uh, at if you come visit us at Las Vegas and love to introduce you to the rest of the team over time. Awesome. Chris, Chris, thank you again for joining me today. Really do appreciate it. Good luck. Stay safe. And I'll see you in Vegas. Thanks very much. Okay. Take care. Bye now. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Podcast.